yes, you are going to die, new world man, but I can extend your life three and a half years by cutting up this body. For the ancients, for the old worlders, they were like, so? Don't do that. You're going to throw everything off, man. You're going to piss off God. Hello, and welcome to Why Are We Doing This Thing Again? <laughs> Called Talking About Rabbits. The rabbits this week, you know, guys, I haven't even been paying attention to the rabbits. That's good because I've been traveling. One of the places I went is to Maryland to give a talk, and I'm going to reprise this chat for you today on Watar, where we talk about old world things and how they impact new world things, like us, we're all new world things, and how these ideas can be very debilitating and also very, 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 very enriching. And also, for the most part, all of this conversation, I hope, helps with angst. Life in modernity. This is Watar, and you're listening to Death and Dying in the Old World on Watar. I know. So, Andrew, I know, I'm sure you were pumped when you heard we were talking about death and dying. Woohoo! But that's kind of part of the problem is that everybody, I don't know doesn't want to talk about death and dying. It's weird. It's sort of like, I don't want to talk about birthdays. They really drive me nuts. Because birthdays and always imply death days. That's what happens. Yeah. I can't get around it, guys. You can't either. Well, maybe you can. But in a very special spiritual way, which is kind of what I want to chat about when it comes to Death and dying in the old world. And I'm just going to basically report from the field. I gave a talk in Maryland uh, that really is this talk, but I'll change it up a little. And I just want to share some of the insights from the field when it comes to what is death in the old world. So I started by asking Jake and Gabriel, who are serving right now in Sierra Leone in Kailan, a little village in the south southeast and basically what happened is jake tells me about mende burials and he was just get i I wish we should have him on that's what we'll do to go deeper but essentially the mende the people he's living with in the kisei they they basically talk about dying as a journey and basically the soul and that's really important, the soul, it goes through a crossing of sorts, maybe a river or a mountain. It really depends on the region. And if you don't, if you're listening to the show for the first time, basically our guys are embedded. They're really deeply immersed in simple culture living simply as folks live in the places where we work. So mud huts for Jake. And so he's really down on the ground with simple people talking in their local language often. And so what he found was is that everybody agrees there's a crossing that the dead have to take, but it's weird because they take the crossing with the living through prayer. So there's a prayer ritual that lasts 40 days, evening prayers at the homes of relatives. 
Yeah, 40 days. If you're from the Eastern Christian tradition, the Orthodox tradition, you that number rings a bell. Bing. Yeah, I'm not making that up. So crossing a river, crossing a threshold on this journey, these are the Mende in West Africa, but listen to what it means, um, the purpose of this prayer is. It's really interesting. So a properly conducted funeral in West Africa helps the dead to relocate to the village of the dead, where they live a very similar life to those on earth, me and you, the living. The village of the dead isn't heaven or hell. It's, you don't go there because like you were bad in Mende tradition. You, you go there because that's where all dead people go. And what determines your fate in that world, in that next life, is... Well, it depends how your how your descendants are doing back in the living world. Are they properly respecting your life and your death by properly offering sacrifice and ritual respect for your descendants? In other words, the dead will live in the next life according to the quality of liturgical work offered by their living uh, descendants, their living relatives, those who come after them. And that gives a whole new meaning to don't forget me when I'm gone. Huh. So if the correct sacrifices are not made over the tomb and the correct respect and remembrance is not given annually to the spirit of the dead, well, the spirit may not attain the village of the dead. And then they get into the in between space, they begin to wander eternally. And for sure, this is true in Mali with the Manding and the Bambara and the Kise and the Mende and all the various ethnic groups in West Africa, for sure that wandering is bad. This is the notion of bad mojo, bad juju. It's often associated with things like premature deaths in the womb, birth defects, catastrophes, accidents. I know a man who became a Christian, an Orthodox Christian, and his sister joined him in his faith. And then, then stuff, bad stuff happened in the village, which it's wont to do. There was a fire, and someone died in a fire back in their home village. And they began to think that perhaps it was because... My friend and her sister weren't paying proper attention to ancestral sacrificial worship. Mm-hmm. So the story doesn't end well. The sister returned home one day, and as often happens, the thing that happened to her neighbor, the fire that killed one of the neighbor people, well, it happened to her because they did it to her. They put her in her house, locked it up, and lit it on fire. That happened. That was not even 20 years ago. So why did that happen? Because there's a true sense in West Africa, in the traditional faith, that you have to right wrongs. You have to, you have to reorient the world, which isn't round. It's flat and on a fulcrum. And when it gets out of whack, you have to put it back in proper order. Yeah. You see, that's why people are concerned with proper funeral rituals. 
and they very much seek to die among respectful friends and family, but it goes even deeper. Yeah, the order of things that really matters. For the Kisi and the Mende and the Manding in West Africa, and really many, many traditional societies, many old world places, to cause fault is akin to what Christian culture calls sin. So there's a cause fault. There's this break, a division. For uh, the Orthodox East, which many of you cool people out there are from, and by the way, there's lots of cool people who aren't from the Orthodox East listening. Thank you. I got great comments from my, uh, forget what it, the Meekness podcast. I was just so happy with so many people writing into me uh, about how it's really not about Orthodoxy, it's about reality, right? Which for the Orthodox we'd call reality, but how sometimes these insights aren't really from the East, they're just from reality. And anytime I get a comment like that, I just want to keep going. So let's keep going. So this proper order of things that's interrupted by this cause fault, like not properly worshiping your ancestors, for the Orthodox, we know that that's something like diabolos, which is the Greek word for division, right? And we know that this is where the West gets the English word for devil, diabolos in Greek, diabolo in Latin. Devil. The devil is that which divides. Africans know this kind of language, especially in West Africa. I can't speak altogether for East Africa, but I will soon when we place our new field worker there in Mozambique. But for the folks we work with in West Africa, there are two types of diabolos <clears throat> or division that must be attended to. And the one I've been describing is a type of social fault. A social fault is things that we do that go against nature and as a result have natural consequences. And these consequences can occur simultaneously both for the body of an individual and within the environment, right, in nature. In many ways, these faults are types of sins, natural sins, things that occur in us and in the world we interact with. They break the natural machine we call, quote, our lives. The proper order is broken, and they cause the natural order, the things that Kisi called the smooth-running, healthy world. Well, that world is thrown off with these natural faults, like not doing proper sacrificial burial. Things get out of whack, and out of whack looks like sick people, failing crops, diseased domestic animals. A division in the natural order is a serious matter in the old world. You can hear old folks in West Africa talk about people should not have sex in the woods. That, that accent was English. I'm not really sure why. It was an old person. Let's try it again. People should not have sex in the woods. That's actually something you would hear. I did hear that from the Manding. But, but Why? Because the proper place for human reproduction is in a human village. They'll say the same thing about the seeds of wheat and millet and rice. We mustn't store these things together just to save money. Antesika ninfe. Millet koroba. 
We can't just store things all together to save money, the old elder would gripe in a village, right? And they'll see that when they see the young people trying to save money. You will cause a fault, and you will have to pay. That's how it sounds. See, actions that confuse the orderly orderliness in which reproductive cycles of people, animals, and crops are mixed, or the reproductive cycle of humans and animals are the faults that cause ailments simultaneously for people and for nature, for the agro-ecosystem. I once had a, tell, a woman tell me in Mali that she couldn't go out into the rice fields because she was menstruating. It turns out she was trying to get pregnant. And if she mixed her cycle improperly or out of order with the cycle of the rice harvest, she could be cursed with barrenness. I heard the same thing about having relations while breastfeeding. It was against nature to do this as it confused one reproductive cycle with the next, bringing on ailments for both offspring and mother. Order. What's the sound for order, Andrew? Order. Yeah, it matters in the old world. Maybe too much. I don't know. We could get into that. Right? And well, what is true of reproduction is also true of death, which is what we're talking about in the pod today. Death should occur in the village or in the sacred forest. There's a place where the dead go to die, and it's sacred. But it should not occur in the bush. The bush is the place between villages that is untended. It's the forest, but not the sacred forest. Death should not occur in the bush, and that's a type of fault that can lead to drought, crop diseases, and the like. A death in one generation should not be confused with a death in the next. So a mother should not be buried with her fetus if they were to both die, inside, uh, if the baby were to have died together with the mother, perhaps in childbirth. You cannot bury them together. That would disrupt not only this world, but also the ancestral world. Those pregnant, right, someone bringing someone into the world should not care for those who are at death's door. So you wouldn't see a pregnant nurse. Hmm. These are all the faults known to West Africans as social <clears throat> or natural faults, natural sins. And they have the same kind of concept going when it comes to ancestors. Ancestral faults exist too. You have to attend to the ancestors or you cause fault. You have to honor your ancestors or they will not honor the living. So can you see it? Can you get a sense of the old world here? <clears throat> At least as far as West Africa goes? This is why West Africans keep their tradition. And I could go on about what happened during Ebola. We were not there during Ebola. We were about to be there, but we didn't go during that time. But there's stories, all kinds of stories, where the UN came in and did not understand these cause faults, these sins. And they were breaking the rules all over the place, right? A mother and a child would die together, and then they would bury them all at the same time without taking the fetus out. That was a famous situation. Then after that, the village would not let the UN or any of the medical doctors in to the, to the village at all because they were 
cause faulting everywhere. They were creating all kinds of chaos in the world to come. And so if you don't take that seriously, you can't work with folks. Or you can just roll in because, you know, you studied at Harvard. You can do that. Don't they know I studied at Harvard? Yeah, they don't care. But they do care about you causing eternal problems in the village, though. Now, here's the question. Are they just making it up? Yeah, sort of like I'm just making up that Harvard seems important. We all love our own culture. But how to work within it? Hmm, that's interesting. What about the Mayan? Well, here Tom and Chez help me out. They're working in, in Momostenango. <coughs> Excuse me, in Chichi Castanango. I picked up a cold. I'm sure you haven't noticed already. Jeez, what's the sound, Andrew, of somebody spreading disease? It's just me talking, right? That's, that's the, I am the sound of, I am the sound of pandemic. Like, look, I am the sound of, I am pandemic. So Tom and Shez and Juno working in, in, in uh, Guatemala told me that the Maya, the Mayan, who speak Quiche, they have a sense of these things they call these these stopover houses. So I want to tell you about this. So stopover houses. Now, right away, if if you know who Saint John Maximovich is, or if you're an Orthodox Christian, you may have heard of toll houses. Yeah. The Mayan have stopover houses. Yeah. And so if someone dies in the highlands of central Guatemala with the Mayan there, that person will likely have an open casket funeral. And this is the tradition. This is not Catholic. This isn't Catholic Guatemala. That's a whole nother conversation. But the Mayan will have an open casket funeral and then stop the, the route, the route of the, of the funeral procession is to locations where the dead, the newly dead, had spent much of their life. They'll go to their workplace. They'll go to the place where they first met their honey. They'll go to the place, you know, where they met their, their wife. They'll go to the place where their child was born. They'll go to the place where they love to play soccer. And at each of those stops, they, they stop and counterclockwise turn the casket to unscrew the soul from these locations that it had embedded in that it had found joy in. They're unscrewing it so the soul can leave the body freely and at peace. It's a journey to the afterlife, and there it is again, the idea of journey. And guess how long that journey takes? Nine days, according to Mayan tradition. Yeah. In, Christian, in ancient Christianity, you'll know that the ninth day is a very important day of prayer for the newly dead. Right? The Orthodox East does important prayers at three days, nine days, 40 days. Whoa. In both of these instances, we see something like that. So our priestess friend in Guatemala calls these nine days a walk through the houses or the stopover houses. And the houses are stopovers. One of the stopover places is called the House of Mirrors. So in the Quiche funeral, the family will include a mirror in the things that accompany the dead in the casket. And you might ask, why? 
Well, it turns out the dead will need the mirror at the House of Mirrors, one of the stopovers, so they can see their lifeless body in the mirror and realize, whoa, uh, yeah, I'm dead. They have to awaken to their new reality. And there's other stops, a number of them. I won't go into all of them. One of the stops is at the House of Ants. And so to prepare for this house, we would, if you, we were burying you in the Mayan tradition, we would put some sugar in the casket, you know, for the ants, so they don't bite you to death. That's got it. So they don't bite you to death. Go ahead, Andrew. Cha-ching. Because you're already dead, though. But your soul isn't, and that's not a joke. The soul obviously has some eternality to it. Which, again, we're starting to see, right? The commonality. The things of the old world. And so, what is this telling you other than, uh, I don't know, it's kind of interesting on this 25-minute podcast? One point I do not intend to make is that all burials are the same. There's no equivalency burial conversation here. So if you're starting to frother the mouth, what's he trying to say? Ah, These are all very different ideas. But they tell us something about the new world, right? They tell us how serious the ideas of the new world, the rational new world are. They tell you that where science can't see something, know something, confirm something, there that thing might as well not exist. And so what happens is everything follows. That's why our burials are very different in the West despite our Christianity. Or, if you want to make a big argument, which I kind of like to, because of our Christianity, Western Christianity, because of Western Christianity, we have navigated our way to a super rational burial ritual, which basically leaves the body without any meaning utterly devoid of meaning, something to get rid of, not something to touch, that's for sure. So anyway, there's some similarity, right? And I think all of these burials in the old world and in the Orthodox old world and in the Catholic old world, they demand something of us, something like attention. And the attention is for the soul, But if you notice something, the soul is connected to the body. It's not like the soul leaves and then you just trash the body. Even in the Hindu, ancient Hindu East, when they burn the body, it's not because it's pointless. It's, It's a type of honoring. Right? And so in the old world, the ancestors demand that you remember the essence, right? of the individual, which is spiritual. And in remembering, you put together again the person. In the same way that on the altar, right, on any given Sunday in any given Orthodox church, Christ is being remembered, put back together through the proper sacrificial rituals, which are actually doing something in reality which is presenting Christ again, re 
membering, taking members of the body, arms, legs, hands, feet, and remembering them. Again, and again, because they've already been remembered in reality, we are doing that which already exists. And so we're doing the remembering because we are trying with all of our might to not participate in diabolos, in division, in degradation. We're trying to symbolos. That's the Greek word for unite or all things in one or icon. Symbolos. We're trying to symbolos the world always as human beings to bring it and put it back together so that we might avoid diabolos, death. Right? In other words, we're trying to participate in reality because we believe that God is real, Christ is risen, therefore the world exists as it should, just not in me. <laughs> the soul is real. And just like the Mende, right? You have to pay attention to it. You can't be impious. You can't just play around like it's just a carcass. You can't cut it up. By the way, that's another thing all these old world burials have. If you cut up the body, what? Whoa, that's why it was such a big deal. When Leonardo and all the cats of the Renaissance and then right in through the Enlightenment are cutting up bodies, this is a huge no-no, man. Wait, why are we cutting them up again? Oh, so we can figure out why they died so that we can make it better for me not to die. Wait a minute, I'm going to die though, right? Yes, you are going to die, new world man, but I can extend your life three and a half years by cutting up this body. For the ancients, for the old worlders, they were like, so? Don't do that. You're going to throw everything off, man. You're going to piss off God. I would rather die three years earlier than piss off God. Now, here's the thing. Some people are laughing because that's stupid, because we should all work toward a better life. A better life might not mean three more years. <laughs> you might get three more years of hell, FYI. What's the sound of three more years of hell, Andrew? I think it's the sound of walking into a Walmart. What's the sound of walking into a Walmart? That feels like three more years of hell. My point here is, is that there is a old world way of dealing with death that demands attentiveness and not a fear of the dead body. The body is a part, part and parcel and was united with and remains united in many ways to the soul. You have to put it back together because Diabolos is clearly what's happened. There's been a separation, body and soul. The job of the old world sacrificial priestess and priest is to remember that person, that soul, properly, before God, in God, and as it was meant to be. And if you keep going in the Christian tradition as it is, even if you can't see it, it exists, reality. We are risen. So we have to attend. And sometimes you can't. Sometimes the culture of the new world, which by the way, again, it sure is nice to drive on a road, right, where there's laws and where the concrete is flat and where the lights work. 
And so red means stop. I like the new world. Uh, is it fulfilling? Uh, that's another conversation. But we, the old world is teaching us something. But it begins with one, one essential presupposition. And that is all these cultures from pre-enlightenment, old world, I don't know, history, there's a soul. And it matters. And if you think it doesn't matter, you just have to look around today. Because that really is at the core of the division when it comes to COVID, when it comes to the war in Ukraine. If you believe there's a soul, it changes the way you have to interact with these events. And really, I think that's what most of this show is about. is trying to figure out what happens when you actually believe something. <laughs> what happens next? And the old world basically instructs us on some level. Now, if you're hearing that I really like that like people get locked in their houses and burned to death, no, then you're dumb. You qualify as dumb. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be mean. It's bright week, life, life is good. But you can't hear that in this conversation. I'm not for that. What I'm trying to say is there's something about that old world that is instructive to us in the new. And that is that if we are more than animal flesh, then we should honor that flesh that's imbued with soul. And then if we do that, it looks different than what we have begun to do in the new world. Anyway. I find all this very fascinating. And I will just end with this. The old world tradition that I am a part of and that I believe truly is the representation of reality, the Orthodox Church, what happens with me is, is I was just totally blessed to bury both my father and my mother in three days, no embalming, anointing dead, naked bodies, beautiful dead, naked bodies, anointing them, praying over them, incense, like old school, turning the body, preparing it, wrapping it, putting it in the church, never went to a funeral home. So that happened to me, and recently too. And I'm just telling you how palliative it is, how incredibly healing it is. And it's not because I'm for retribution from ancestors. It's because to attend to the soul is essential for human flourishing. And that, ladies and gentlemen, marks the end of this conversation. But if you want to have more of it, go to our Facebook. That'd be cool. Talk about it there. Write us uh, comments here on YouTube or go to where you get your podcasts and make comments. That would be cool. Or come to our restaurant, sit down. I'll buy you a drink and we'll talk about this stuff. That's a fact. So, this is Watar, and this is Gagi Marjos. That's the word you'll hear at our restaurant when you come to Greenville, South Carolina, and participate in a Georgian KP. We have community KPs where you can go online, sign up. Two of you, four of you, six of you show up as friends, and you sit with 20, 20 other people 
and we walk you through a Georgian tradition called the KP, or sometimes called the Supra. We're open. Check us out online, kprestaurant.org. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out if you want to travel. We're going to the Georgian Republic this summer. We can set up a trip for you to Guatemala, to West Africa, to Appalachia. If you want to come work with us, that makes me happy. We're looking for two people now to send to Mozambique, one person to the Georgian Republic. Those positions are open. You only have to do one thing, give up your life for two years. You can do it. Anwatar. Peace out. Much love. Greet your people. Kambufo. Nakvandis. Au revoir.